You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can find notes for this message along with more information about our church by visiting church2911.com. Here's our lead pastor, Rick Hand, with this week's message. Man, uh, I feel like I've been to church. And uh, I'll tell you, while we were singing those songs, I want to get up here. I want to preach my next three sermons to you. And so don't, y'all don't get worried, all right? I'm not. I'm going to hold them, all right? But man, it's, uh, this, is, this is good, what God is stirring in us today. But man, there, and there was something that I did not realize was at the end of that uh, video we just watched that is a big point here at the beginning of the message. And uh, I, we're, we're being stirred, and we're not just being stirred so that we can feel good about it. And I think too many of us come to church, and I don't just mean the people in this room, I'm talking about Christianity. We come to church so we can feel better and make it through the week. Amen? Or oh me? Instead of realizing God's stirring something because he's got something to do that he wants us to have our hands in. Uh, show of hands. Show of hands. That's, that's the sermon series. And uh, last week we talked, uh, we talked about reaching and uh, serving, okay? And this, this past week, you, you see, here's the thing. Nothing's really happening in these moments unless something happens after these moments. Nothing is going on in our heart right now, maybe going on in our emotions, maybe going on in our brain, but it's not go- nothing is happening in our hearts right now unless something happens after these moments. And Last week we talked about, and I really, hope, I really hope you reached out to somebody. We talked about that. One of the things we did this week was uh, we wanted to make it easy on you, so we found three opportunities that we share with you. So let me mention these right now, okay, because they're not going away, all right, because actually one of them is going to really continue. But uh, one of the things we encourage, there's, there's a giving opportunity, a sharing opportunity, and an encouraging opportunity. The giving opportunity is Refuel Ministries, and uh, they, they just got back from, uh, from New Orleans, but every time there's a disaster anywhere near that they can go, they go and they feed. The first afternoon they got there, they uh, fed 1,200 people in, a, in an hour and a half, people that were displaced from their homes from uh, Hurricane Ida in New Orleans that had gone up to Thibodeau uh, to just get away from the storm. And there, they didn't have a way to even cook. And so that's what this ministry does, is they, they feed people that are displaced. And so, uh, again, I encourage you, we, we haven't yet sent the check of the people that have already given, but if you haven't given yet, I encourage you to do that, all right? But here's also a sharing opportunity. Bring items for restoration. This is a ministry to homeless in, in uh here in Birmingham. And, and, you know, we think about feeding them. We think about buying them coats for the winter, right? But what we, what we forget many times are the personal uh, products that they need, like underwear, hygiene products, twin bed sheets, Germex, those kinds of things. There is a basket right back there. And uh, that, that basket, or maybe a bigger basket or something, but there's going to be a collection for the next few weeks. And uh, so, you know, I asked you a question last week. Show of hands. Let me do it again. Show of hands. How many of y'all know where a Dollar General is? Anybody? Anybody? Okay. So, you, this is real easy, right? I mean, you could do it right after church, run down. I mean, which, north, south, east, west, go any direction you want to. You're going to find a Dollar General. Pick up something like that. Bring back and be a part of this ministry, okay? And you may think that's a small thing. You may think a, 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 a pack of underwear or a... a, a Twin bed sheets. You may think that's a small thing. We'll talk about that in a few minutes also, okay? And here's the last thing, the encouragement. To reach out to someone in a... We know people 
that are struggling because of COVID, they're struggling because of finances, they're struggling because of, of uh, health issues, other kinds of health issues. We know people like that. And too often we do like that parable last week in the sermon last week. You know, we just pass by and say, yeah, that's, that, that's, what you're going through is really bad. I'll pray for you. And we go on our way. Somebody, somebody needs to make a phone call this afternoon. Somebody needs to, you know, go by the donut shop, pick up some donuts and drop them off and just tell them, hey, I was thinking about you today. I wanted to bring you some donuts. Or somebody that's shut in with a bunch of kids, you know, go buy them a couple of toys, new toys, just to distract the kids for a little while and give mom some peace and quiet. I mean, just, we have these, we know these situations, but just knowing them again is not enough. It's got to be something beyond this moment or beyond the knowing we have to do. And so today, we're going to go just a little further than this reach. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna dig into our pocketbooks a little bit today. Now, I didn't say you got to give, but we're, we're going to dig into it as far as looking into our pocketbooks. We're going to talk about giving, okay? Don't, don't turn out the lights or anything. I don't want anybody slipping out the back door, you know, while we're not looking, all right? But we're going to talk about giving this morning, okay? Uh, and... Let me ask you this question. You know, see, the, the, this stuff right here, I mean, I don't feel like I can do enough. And the reason is, is because I'm so, I mean, and I like to use the, this adjective, I am so stinking blessed. Show of hands, anybody here stinking blessed this morning? You, you, did, you, did you just see that video? I saw, I, I was looking at a picture of a, in the middle of that video, I, I paused it yesterday, this, uh, this hut that was built, and I mean, there, there are miles of these, just huts, one right after the other. They just find any kind of, any kind of a, a material they can to put a hut together, and there was one place that the whole wall was just tin, didn't look like it had any insulation on the inside, and there was one little square cut out for a window. I don't, didn't have any glass in it, it was just an open thing, and a little boy was sticking his head out there, and I, and I got to thinking, you know, I got to thinking, that could have been one of my grandkids there instead of here. I mean, what, by the luck of the draw or whatever? That could have been me. I could have been born there. I mean, why do we act like, I mean, a lot of people in this country act like, well, they just don't know better. They just don't. You could have been born right there. You could have been raised right there. And to understand, so, you know, these are the things that kind of make me, well, God, why me? You know, I, I think a lot of times when we ask that question, what do we do? We say, God, why am I, oh, woe is me. I've got so much stuff on top of me and everything. And I look at that. Or we, I don't know how many conversations I've had, and I've said the same thing over and over, different ways about COVID. Last year, last August, I had COVID, and, and uh, it was really bad for three days. For three days, I didn't feel like doing nothing. I mean, I felt like I had the worst flu I'd ever had. And then it was kind of getting over, and it took about two weeks for me to get back to 100%. You know, and I've had some long-haul symptoms this year, but, but really, that was kind of because, you, you know, you know the situation. You know, uh, Jen just had a 23-year-old friend pass away. Uh, Chris Pickens, uh, 44 years old, still coaching, still coaching baseball, still very active, and just passed away. I've had, I've had five close acquaintances i don't know that i could still call them close friends because they're not here right that have died this year and i had three days i had three bad days and they died why me why am i so blessed have you ever asked yourself that question i mean if you if you don't then you don't realize how blessed you are because 
I don't care how bad you've got it living here in the United States of America, you've got it better than 99% of the people in this world. You have it better. So we ask the question, why? And, and let me bust your bubble just a little bit here, okay? You're not blessed just because God likes you more than he likes everybody else, okay? That's not it either, all right? You know why you're blessed? I, I didn't know this was at the end of this. I, I promise you, this, this statement, because it is a little bit different, this statement was written before I actually even saw the video, the, this final video, and it's this. Here's the reason you're blessed, right? Next slide. Is we are blessed in order to be a blessing. We are stirred up this morning so that we'll do something with what we've been given. That's, that's the stirring that's in your heart, not just to make you feel better so you can get through another week. I mean, really, is, is that all it is? And I know a lot of people, that's the way they live their life. They have such hell all week long. They just come to church. I got to get enough of God so I can make it through the hell this week. That's not the way God intended us to live. He intended us to live so blessed that we would be able to be a blessing. That when, uh, when David said, my cup runs over, why would God, you know, what, hap what happens when your cup runs over? I, I mean, it makes a mess, right? Why would God make a mess in your life by pouring you more than you can hold unless there's some reason for it? When, when things spill out, it gets on the stuff around, right? And so if things spill out of your life, if God pours so much into your life you can't hold it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be pouring out on the people that are around you. This is, this is why God has blessed us in order to be a blessing. Okay, so let's talk about giving today. <laughs> let's get into some history first. And we go to history, we got to go to the Old Testament. The beginnings of giving, in, in, you know, in following God and all that in the Old Testament. And I know some people say, well, that's Old Testament. We're a New Testament church, right? We're under grace. We're here following Christ, <clears throat> not the Old Testament. But Jesus said... He didn't come to do away with the law. He came to fulfill it. Now, that was a novel concept to them because when Jesus was telling them all this stuff that he was, he was talking about, loving your neighbor as yourself, do good to those who despitefully use you. When Jesus said that, people were blown away. But then Jesus is explaining that I'm just here to fulfill what the, what the law was trying to get you to do. But i got to tell you, you will never get there by just following a bunch of rules. It's got to become a, a thing of the heart. And so today our heart is stirred. And we can't, we can't let this stirring go away until we do something with this stirring. Don't, don't let it be done at lunch. Don't let it be lost by 2 or 3 o'clock or whenever you're watching your football game this afternoon. Don't let it be, be, be lost by the time you get to work tomorrow and have to put up with whatever you have to put up with at work. Keep this stirring in you until something is accomplished. So let's, let's go to the Old Testament. Just one, one little point here. And I, and I threw these scriptures down there. We don't have time to read them all, but I wanted you to know, you're going to see this morning, the Bible says a lot about giving. And in the Old Testament, all these scriptures right here tell us, here's one, here's one big thing. It tells us, every time God brought increase into their life, they gave a tenth back to him. Every time. If they had cattle born, they gave a tenth of those cattle to God. If they had investments, they gave a tenth of that. If they got an inheritance, they gave a tenth of that. If they repaired lawnmowers, I'm, I know they didn't have lawnmowers back in those days, but I'm kind of 
slowly bringing this up to today, okay? If they repaired lawnmowers, they would have given a tenth of that. If they had had a yard sale, they would have given a tenth of that. If they had a lemonade stand, they would have given a tenth of that. If they had gotten a stimulus check, <laughs> who said, uh-oh? <laughs> Man, you know, and, I, 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 was, and, and I, I shared this real quickly several months ago. So many churches have closed in the last 18 months because they couldn't make it because people weren't showing up. People weren't bringing their tithes or to give it. And all these stimulus checks, and I figured it up. You know, figure it up real quick. 50 people? Just, just, that, just that first stimulus check. Imagine how many churches would have been saved if just even those little small churches, if everybody just tithed on that free money that was given to them. You see, in the Old Testament, that's the way they saw it. As a matter of fact, in Genesis chapter 14, y'all know Genesis, what book of the Bible that is? Anybody? Y'all know where that's at? Okay, it's the first one, right? So the, very, the 14th chapter of the whole book, talking about history, all the way back to the first book. 14th chapter, Abraham pays tithes of the spoils of battle. He goes into battle and he gets all this stuff and he pays tithes of even that. I mean, they, they knew they needed to honor God with 10% of everything that they got. And, and I've spent so much time... All these, I was going to get into that just a little bit more, but I don't have time to do that. Because, yes, we are a New Testament church. You know what that means? That means this is the law, but Jesus said, I came to fulfill this. I came to complete it in you. I came to make it not, a, not just a thing you do because you have to do it, but a thing that you do because of your heart being in it. So let's go to the New Testament to really find out what giving really is. Okay, so here's, here's the first thing the New Testament tells us. It is an acknowledgement that God owns it all. It is an act of stewardship. Let's read these scriptures real quick, okay? Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce, Proverbs 3, 9. The silver is mine, the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies, Haggai 2 and 8. Whatever is good and perfect, whatever is, good and perfect is a gift. Come, where, where from? You know, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. Okay, I, we think we earn all this money, and we're the reason that we have this money. Take, take a dollar bill out of your pocket, a $5, $50, whatever bill you've got, you take it out, and let me ask you, did you make that dollar bill? Is it, is it brand new? Was it brand new? Somebody else had it before you, and guess what? Somebody's going to have it after you. And but the best you and I, if, if we have 100 years on this earth, and if we were born into money, like we didn't have to work for it, we had it the day we were born. If so, we have 100 years that we own all this stuff, guess what? You're not under the impression you're going to take it with you, are you? Because we know that old phrase, right? You can't take it with you. And you know what? That's not just true for me. That's true for every person who has ever lived. Because the money, the, the possessions, the stuff that we have, all of that has gone through who knows how many fingers till it gets to us. And when we die, it's going to be somebody else's, somebody, it's going to be in somebody else's possession. And so we, we have the opportunity, the option, or the obligation to recognize and understand that God owns it all. Okay? So... And, of course, the first two of those are, are, are Old Testament, but, that's like, but that last one is New Testament. So let's go on for me, Kevin. The, the New Testament tells us 
Giving meets the needs of others and brings people to Jesus. It's a sacrificial act. Now, somebody a couple of weeks ago brought uh, this, this parable to my attention because, you know, we, we, we use the parables at times. And last week we used a parable that's really awesome. But this one right here is really confusing because in it, and I, I don't have time to tell you, and I, I didn't plan to it. I, that's plan to tell it other than just real quick, just tell you a little, little something about it. The reason it's so perplexing is that Jesus uses somebody who basically, basically does a scam he knows, he knows he's about to lose his job, and so he does a scam to provide for after the job is over. And so Jesus uses that as an example. So you know what? Just about every time I read that, par that parable, I have to say, no, wait a minute. Wait, what's going on here? Because it's like, you know, you kind of forget that when you, Jesus used a bad guy as an example. But here's the moral of the story. Here's what he's trying to say to us. Everything you own is temporary. We just talked about that, right? Most of, we're not going to have it for 100 years. Everything you own is temporary. And what Jesus is trying to tell us in this story is use what you have temporarily for eternal benefit. Take what God has put into your hands and trusted you with as a steward for these temporary moments and build something that's going to matter for eternity. Don't use the temporary stuff that you have for temporary joys, because that's what we do, right? I mean, yeah, I'm, you know, trying to plan another day out on a, a day out on a uh, pontoon boat with the grandkids before it gets too cold. I, you know, I'm plan. I, I want to do that kind of stuff, but let's not fail to also do things that are going to matter for eternity. The next thing the New Testament tells us. Uh, next slide for me, Kevin. Oh, it's honoring God as your source. It's an act of worship. Let's read the scripture, 1 Corinthians, uh, before we talk about this. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you, oh God? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. You know, it's, it's an act of worship. Here's what, here's what I, I like the word dare better than challenge. You know what a challenge is, right? Challenge is something you can do or you don't have to do. When you dare somebody to do something, you know, most, especially us guys, right? He dared me. I had to, right? You know, otherwise, I gotta be a, I'm going to be a chicken. That's why I'm dare. I want to dare you to do this. The next time you write a check, the next time you go online to PayPal to make a contribution to ministry of some kind, I dare you to just stop for a moment and say, God, I'm not doing this because I have to. And you don't need my money. But God, I'm doing this as an act of worship. And it will change your attitude toward giving. It will begin to create in you the heart that Jesus intended you to have about giving. That the law couldn't give us, and that's why he said, I've come to complete it. I've come to fulfill it. And to, get, and, and to see this as an act of worship, I dare you. And this, this morning, I'm going I'm to also dare you to give. And when you do, I dare you to take a moment. Just say, God, I give you this out of worship. And think about that. Think about that check or that little bit of cash or that online gift that you, and make it an act of worship. Next slide. I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. Giving, according to the New Testament, is involving God in your future success. It's an act of investment. Now, this isn't the most pure 
are holy of motivations to give. But it's a, it's a big deal. It's a great benefit. And, and you know, I, some people say, oh, well, we shouldn't give for that reason. Okay, yeah, right. But that's Luke chapter 6. This is the life of Christ. These are the words of Christ. <laughs> okay? If this wasn't important, he wouldn't have said it. So instead of saying, well, we shouldn't give for that reason, understand Jesus saying, you know, yeah, you should give for other reasons, but when you give, let me tell you what happens. Okay, it may not be the most pure form of a reason for giving, but there is awesome benefit. Jesus says, give and you will receive. Your gift will be returned to you, will, will return to you in full. And I, and I just can't help. You know, press down. Y'all know what that means, right? You know, some of y'all that's been here a while, y'all already shaking your head, right? You know, when, when you were a kid and your mom told you to take the trash out, and what did you do? You went and pressed it down a little bit more, right? That's what God's saying. That's what Jesus is saying he's going to do. Give, and it will be given back to you. Press down. I, I, I got to get some more. Man, that's what I want God to do in my life. I want him pressing it down. I want, I want him press, and making more room in, in me to give more in me. And said, press down, shaking together to make room for more. You know what shaking together is? You know, you ladies that cook like with flour or whatever you know you might shake it a little bit or sift it because you want it to you know you don't want to pack it down maybe but you don't want it to settle this is what jesus says he's going to do press it down shake it together make room for it. running over poured into your lap you know there's not a lot of things i want poured into my lap but the blessings of god <laughs> come on lord everything you got poured into it you poured into your lap the amount you give will determine the amount you get back you see, it's, a, it's an investment. And y'all know what investments are. I, I mean, if you put $5 into something and get $5 back out, that was not an investment. Hmm. I mean, is that what you did? I mean, these days, I mean, savings account, that's about what it is, right? But I mean, otherwise, I mean, you really an investment. Did you expect something bigger? And that's what he promises. He promises beyond that. And there are people sitting here in this room right now there are people sitting here in this room right now that understand understand all of that and they're living by that and they're seeing God do this and and I know some people look at them and say well, why are they blessed they're living this you know they're they're living this right here take me to the next slide uh, if you will um, it is at a minimum obedience but at best, a passion and an act of love. 1 Corinthians 9, 17 says, for if I do this, talking about just uh, what God tells us to do, what, is, what we're supposed to be obedient in, uh, all the things. You know, this scripture right here is talking about all the things that we're supposed to be doing. For if I do this of my own will, I have a reward. But if, I, if not of my own will, I am, still, I am still entrusted with a stewardship. That if I don't do this because I want to, but I do it because I have to, I, I do because of stewardship. I have a stewardship. So, I kind of got them reversed up there, but it's at minimum obedience. But at best, it becomes a passion, a giving passion. As Christians, you know, I, I, I sometimes make it a point to say Christ followers after I say that because I want you to understand what that means. That doesn't mean you just, hey, yeah, I'm for Jesus. No. To be a Christian means to be a follower of Christ. And you can't follow Christ unless you are paying attention to what he's saying and you're following what he's saying. He needs to be a Christ follower. And you're not following him until you're doing what it is that he's calling you to do. 
and, to, and, and, and being a giver is, is a big deal. Is a big deal to Jesus. At minimum, we all have the command to be givers. But don't settle there. That's Old Testament. That's doing it because you have to. Jesus said, I came to fulfill this, complete it, make it awesome in your life. So this stirring that you got in your heart. You know, the amount you know, give, the way you give, giving in your increase, according to your increase, that's not just scriptural, that is so important. Um, you know, the, just like the way that we give, it, it's, it, it's, so, it's so important. The New Testament church, now that I'm talking about like in the first century, right after Jesus died, when the church was birthed and all of that, they actually worked to find ways, so, you know, get this, they worked to find ways to give to the needy. They sold, they got scripture on the, on the, uh, in the uh, sermon notes on the Connect page, they sold their stuff. They found ways to, to give, they worked hard. Now, where have I seen that before? Where have I seen that action? Oh, yeah, I remember yesterday. Yesterday. Do you know what was going on around here? The, the royalty, y'all didn't know about that. If y'all didn't know about that, what rock have you been under? You know, but uh, the maker's market yesterday, the whole thing. I mean, uh, you know, Bruce and I were talking right before service. I said, you know, th those kinds of days are important for the community, too. It's, it's important for the, the church. You know, just a lot of people were here and got to talk a little bit more than we get to on Sundays. And, you know, and we're right now not having small groups and things like that. So those, those kinds of days are really important. But you know what was really going on yesterday? I mean, the reason for it was to raise money for the Christmas project of where like last year, 20, I think it was 27, was it 27? 27 kids that uh, the Royal Chicks were able to buy, buy clothes and food and toys for 27 kids. And so that's what they were doing yesterday. They were doing what the New Testament church, the, the, the first century church was doing. They were working, trying to find, they were working to make money to give, that, that, is, that is so anti Everything you and I have been told being raised. You know, don't work to give it away, but that's what God, that's what God in, in, in was leading them to, and that's what the New Testament church, they got it. And they, they worked to be able to give away. Not, not to be able to have a bigger bank account. Not to be able to have more stuff. Not to be able to add a third, whatever it is that you want a third, you know, one more of. They worked to be able to give. As a matter of fact, um, and I, I, I've shared this sometimes, this is, this is really cool. You know, that was the church in Jerusalem that did that. They, kept, they were selling houses and lands and things like that. But it says that the church of Macedonia, Paul said, they begged me more than one time for the opportunity to give. Something had so, read the scripture. Something had so stirred them, they said, we want this chance to give. They begged for the, where have I seen that? I've seen her, I've heard that happening. Oh yeah, y'all know these didn't just come to my head right now, okay. Friday afternoon, I got a text from one of our 2911 family, one, one of you guys, I got a text and somebody said, I've got to give an offering and I want you to tell me where this offering needs to be used. And I said, well, what, you know, what kind of ministry? Are you talking about at the building because we're you know, still doing all this? Are you talking about some ministry? And they said, a need of the building. What's the next need of the building or the most important right now? And I said, well, you know what? 
they told me how much they wanted to give, and I said, well, you know what? The next thing we probably need to do is finish that foyer. I mean, that's really the next step because, we, you know, we've been working, in case you're new here, we've been working on all of our kind of community areas right there. We hadn't done anything in here. I just want you, well, we've built some walls, and th- but, you know, we hadn't done anything in here, okay? Again, yeah, this isn't the look we're going for, right? But we're working on that. And so that's the next thing right there. And so I said, you know, the floor, the flooring for that room, that space back there and those restrooms and everything is just $200 more than what you're wanting to give. And I said, you know, the church can easily find that $200. And they were so excited. Then they showed up yesterday and they said, you know what? I got to thinking $200 more is not much. And so they wrote the check for that whole amount and dropped it in the box right back, that offering box yesterday. Because they said they were afraid if they uh, left it with other family members because they couldn't be here today. If they left it with other family members, they'd forget to give it. So they want to make sure that it got here and all of that. And you know what? That's exactly what the New Testament church did. They begged for the opportunity. And see, that's so foreign to us. People wanting to give. I mean, one of the reasons I struggle preaching these sermons is because I know a lot of people sitting there think, he's wanting us to give. Nope. I want you to want to give. I don't want you to give. I want you to want to give. I want you to have a heart to give. I want you to not be... The, the Levite and the priest walking down the road and seeing somebody in, in trouble and say, I'm going to be praying for you. I want you to be the Samaritan that says, you've got a need. I'm going to call my church. We're going to take care of this. Or I'm going to have to handle this. Or I'm gonna, I want you to have that kind of an attitude. And l- let me close with this, this right here. Is giving according to your ability, giving according to your increase is important. You see, here's, here's what a lot of us do. You know, people that have plenty of money, Christians that have plenty of money, you know, you know that you're responsible. You need to give because, I mean, God has blessed you. You need to give. But people that don't have a lot of money, you know what we do? We say, well, I just don't have as much money as they have. And so surely God really wants them to give because they can really make impact. And what what can I do? How much can I give? Let me talk to, to, to those of you who, like me, don't have plenty of money. You know, let me talk to you just a minute also. Because our attitude is, well, they can write a big check and God can do great things. He can have tremendous impact through that big check. But you know, this is what God does is, yeah, he takes those big checks and those big gifts. And and when a church gives all together and does one big thing, he takes that and he does have tremendous impact. But you know what he does? He takes those little ones too. He takes those little ones and he turns them into big impact also. Because when you're a single mom with three kids trying to figure out how you're going to feed them all this week, $50 worth of groceries is a huge blessing. See, here's the, here's the real kicker. It's because I may not be, my, my ability isn't what some of your ability to give is in this room. But I know my ability is better than, than some of you, okay? But my ability isn't to the level of what some of you can give in this building. But you remember this. God's ability to do awesome things is not limited by my ability to give. What's important is that I give, that I have a heart to give. Thanks for listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. If you have a need, we would love to pray with you. 
You can connect with our prayer team by emailing prayer at church2911.com or by texting 205-476-2911. You can learn more about our church by visiting us online at church2911.com and by connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram at church2911. We hope this message has encouraged you and reminded you that God loves you and has an amazing dream for your life. As always, we dare you to dream.